Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato with my colleague, Mary Gamba. Mary, how are we doing today? I think we're doing great. I think somebody put laughing gas into our uh, respective studios today because we're being a little bit too silly, but that's quite all right. That's what they say in life. You have to smile, right? You do have to smile. You and, do. Uh, my longtime friend, uh, Anthony Ambrose, you know who you are. Anthony said to me, hey, Steve, do you just have one? Do you have only one blue pinstripe suit that you wear all the time? <laughs> And I said, it's the same one, but I have a few different ones. He goes, you need to mix it up. So look how I look like a mortician right now. I you do like not I'm... look like a mortician. And it's so funny. And we'll director. be introducing our friend Amy in a second. But I do have to oh, share. Yeah, I, mean... I, I actually got a really nice orange blazer. And I've been terrified to wear it for today's taping because I'm afraid you're going to say it's too much color for the show. So I don't know. Maybe later on, maybe another taping. We'll have to see. Well, we're going to try that. And also, Mary and I are going to be wearing at some point our new lessons in leadership, stand and deliver lessons in leadership t-shirts. We'll be wearing these soon for another show. That has nothing to, Mary, introduce Amy. Let's get serious because <laughs> we're talking leadership, which is a serious topic. It's a very serious, serious topic. Today. Definitely. So we're happy to be joined today by Amy Vasquez, Vice President, Employers Association of New Jersey. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. I'm thrilled to be here with you both. Apologize for the hijinks. I'll stop goofing off. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you're both looking quite dapper. I'm, oh, <laughs> I well, just want to know where I can get my hands on one of those t-shirts. <laughs> uh, we're sending them to you, John Sarno, our good friend. Mary, go ahead. Yep, I'll make sure to get that out there. And Amy, I thought we'd just start off today. Tell us a little bit about the Employers Association of New Jersey. And I had to look down because I always just go to say E-A-N-J. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about Employers Association and what you do. Sure. So Employers Association of New Jersey is a trade association, and our members are comprised of employers located throughout the state of New Jersey, and we help good employers be better. Uh, we provide information and advice and support so that employers can make sound and responsible decisions when it comes to issues concerning their workforces. Uh, we do this in a, a number of ways, uh, through education and training, uh, we do outreach, we have informed discussion with our employer members to make sure that they're able to be the best employers they can be. Quick follow-up on that. I mentioned John Sarno, who's the leader of the organization, and we were actually in a conference call with him, and he talked to us about you and your development as a leader. Curious about this. To what degree has John been a quote-unquote mentor coach to you? 100%. Uh, you know, John hired me directly out of college. That was uh, 24 years ago. Um, I had- Hold on, Mary, Mary's laughing because that's the Steve out of Yeah, yeah, Steve, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Steve and I just celebrated our 23 year anniversary oh, and same exact thing. I know, isn't it crazy? It is. It, it, it's wild. Not so, about I mean, us, Amy, go ahead. Talk about yeah, you. Go ahead. <laughs> well, he has been truly my one and only boss. And, you know, but so much, so much more than a boss, so much, uh, absolutely a mentor. Um, you know, even the fact that I'm here today and not him, you know, that just goes to show how he, you know, brings up those that are around him, right? He, he, he raises everyone else up around him, which is, to me, a sign of a, an amazing leader. Why, why do you think more, it's so interesting. Um, Mary and I have been having this discussion for years because I've been the quote unquote, uh, on-air presence for not only lessons in leadership uh, along with Mary, but also our, our public 
uh, television broadcast uh, with our production company, the Caucus Educational Corporation, our not-for-profit. And I've been pushing, I've been saying, Mary, we need more people on the air. We need more diversity, more women on the air, uh, other talent. And trust me, my ego's big enough, you know, that that's not a problem. Why do you think so many leaders don't want to share not just credit and visibility in the spotlight, but frankly, don't understand the responsibility to develop others? Well, you know, in, in my opinion, I think that's the number one role of a leader, right? It's really not about them. It's about, you know, it's about rising up those that are around them. And, you know, I to me, that would be a hallmark of a true leader that, that that goes to show that they are successful if the people that they've developed go on to become successful. Interesting. Mary, jump back in because you, and I mean, I know we've talked about this a million times, but not that everyone's watched every episode of Lessons in Leadership. I have pushed Mary outside her. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Mary, I have pushed you outside your comfort zone from day one, and that includes yes. uh, being the co-anchor of this series. Mm -hmm, definitely. And that's one of the hardest things that I found, Amy, and you hit it on the head there a little bit. You need to expect more, even from the people around you, than they even know that they are capable of. And that's something that Steve has continually pushed me to do, whether it's leading a meeting with our team, whether it's coaching and mentoring people on our on our team, just being here on the air with Steve. I'm like, what? You want me to be on the air? I've always been a risk taker. So I'm like, I'll give it a shot. But I remember, Steve, I said to you years and years ago, I said, the day that you tell me you don't like what I'm doing, I'm fine with it. I'll walk away because I also don't have a really big ego problem. But it is. It's about letting your team know that you care and that you really want them to succeed. And it's a transition that I that I was hoping to talk to you a little bit, just because I know the longstanding relationship that you've had with John. Can you talk a, a little bit more about how empathy fits into that relationship and truly caring? Steve and I often say, can you actually teach somebody to care or do they have to innately care? So I would just love to hear your perspective on caring and empathy. Well, I think that, you know, especially when it comes to uh, the, those that we manage, you know, that they're real people with real problems that, you know, they're, they, their lives don't stop when they show up at the door to work, you know, Monday through Friday, it's, it's all going on. So it's part of what makes them who they are. And I think as leaders, we have to, we have to understand that, you know, we have to nurture that we have to be open to that. I'm a mom, right? So I feel like if anything, my children have taught me that lesson, um, you know, watching them grow uh, is just a, it's, you know, as they develop into the people that they're going to become. And, you know, we may not always agree with it. They, they're going to make decisions. They, you know, they have opinions. They are their own people. Uh, employees are the same way. Uh, Our kids have opinions, Amy. I don't know. Mine are 18 and 21. So. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I have two teenagers as well. They have opinions. Oh, they do. <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, but, but pushing them to, you know, it's, it's, it's the same with, with, um, you know, in the workplace, you know, John has absolutely pushed me out of my comfort zone, but, you know, Steve, as your sign says, you know, that's where the growth happens. You know, you have to get uncomfortable to move forward. And well, what about, uh, I'm sorry, Amy, what if there's pushback? I, I don't want, I don't want to try that. I don't want to, Steve, John, don't push me outside my comfort zone. This is what I'm good at. Don't, you can't make me what you want me to be. It happens all the time. Go ahead. It, it does happen. So I think for me, 
you know, that's a time where I have to sit down with my own thoughts and reflect on the situation. You know, he sees something in me. Um, why am I not seeing it? What's what's blocking me from seeing what others are seeing? Mary, yes. we've had team members who have reluctantly or not reluctantly embraced certain challenges. And a lot of that a lot of that includes being out front, mm -hmm. being on camera, being more public. But others have said no and really yeah. drawn the line and said, no, I'm not doing it. And in my mind, I keep thinking my job as a leader is to keep pushing. And sometimes it isn't. No, I agree completely. And sometimes if you're going to push somebody to that point where you don't want to, you don't want to push them away, right? You don't want to make them feel uh, less than because they won't. So yeah, you need to push, but then there is a point where you do need to respect their wishes, which we've done. Yeah. And real quick, before I let you go, your your view of leadership, your approach to leadership, influenced by John Sarno greatly, but who or what else, I know Mary's tired of me bringing this up, who or what in your more formative years growing up has influenced your approach to being a leader? Um, my mother, for sure, for sure. A wise woman that she is, you know, I think a key part of being a leader is embracing the change, right? Because it's coming no matter what. Um, and as my mom always would tell me, uh, man plans and the universe laughs, right? <laughs> um, you know, be, being resilient means that you have to have the ability to bounce back when things don't go as planned. And, That's you know, right. we may not have the ability to control the situation, but we can certainly control our reaction to the situation. Well said. Uh, Amy Vasquez, Vice President, Employers Association, New Jersey, one of our longtime partners on the Caucus Educational Corporation side. Thank you to John Sarno, uh, the leader there as well. Amy, thank you so much. It will not be the last time you join us. Thank you so much, guys. It was great to be here. Lessons in Leadership. Be back after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Pregramatis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network. Mary, we're going to introduce Ted in just a second, but I just want to show something. You know, we talk about wellness all the time. You have to mm -hmm. be hydrated. Yeah. This is my, the water I drink during the day. Uh-oh, hold on. Ted's okay. showing his. I've got mine. Hold on one second. There's water, and then there's water. Oh, no. Amy Caruso, our uh, makeup <laughs> artist, what the heck is the Amy. I, I call yeah, that a barrel April. of water. Did I just say April? Did I say Amy? No, You've been Amy calling her Amy all day. I, I was like, maybe maybe April had somebody hey, else no, Amy, Amy does. Did I call you Amy before? Yeah. Oh, I did. Amy Amy is our uh, closed caption expert. April Caruso is our makeup artist. I apologize. But she walks around this all day. It also weighs a ton. I'm sorry. You can, you can drink it all day. Workout and hydration all in one. 
Yeah. Did I really say Amy before? Why didn't you correct me? Okay. That, that's April Crusoe is one of the best. Put our website up for more business. No, I'm joking. Uh, <clears throat> Mary, let's introduce Ted. So we'll stop goofing off. Because we need leadership to be serious. Is a this serious is leadership topic. this morning. It is a serious topic now. We're always having fun. And we always say in leadership and in life, you need to smile no matter what the situation. So I am pleased to introduce Ted Deutsch, CEO and Managing Partner, Taft Communications. Ted, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. And the name Taft, our good friend Pete Taft, who is a longtime trustee of our, our corporation, the Caucus Educational Corporation, and friend. Talk about the firm, what it does, and who it serves. Sure, that's right. You know Pete for a long time, Pete Taft, Mara Connolly Taft. They started this firm 40 years ago this year. We'll be celebrating in the fall. That's quite an accomplishment. And I've been fortunate to work with them the last decade and now run the firm as they head into retirement gently. Uh, the firm has long been very focused on mission-driven organizations uh, serving both New Jersey and outside the state. And especially in the last few years, we've really doubled down on being a communication firm that helps organizations that are mission-driven as nonprofits, foundations, companies in the clean energy space, companies promoting health innovation, helping them define what their purpose is, articulate it, and leverage it with key stakeholders. That's what we're all about. Um, I appreciate that description, Ted, but I'm going to push a little further before Mary jumps in. So you have to advise, consult, coach, give advice to leaders of all stripes. To what degree do you deal with leaders when you're giving them marketing advice, communication advice, public relations advice, branding advice, and they think they know it all? We know leaders like that. How do you deal with that, Ted? Yeah, you're right. And there's a whole range of folks we work with. And I think if you're going to bring in an outside firm, you're best served by deferring to some extent to the expertise and the new perspective that they bring in. Because if if you're not willing to concede that there's something you don't know, why are you bringing in outside counsel? But some, you need to provide other examples. Uh, you need to show them what else is going on in the industry, what peers are doing, what best performing companies are doing. So they have a better sense of how they can broaden their own purpose and impact. So uh, it has to be customized to everyone that you're working with. Yeah, and Mary, we've learned that as well as we bring in all sorts of folks uh, who are not full-time staff members, but are experts at what they do. And they know what we do not know. And that goes for Elvin Badger, our director, Frank Brown, who's on the audio end, Scarlin and April. They're experts in their field. You know, and Sylvester, one of the best post-production editors you'll ever find. They know what they know. We know what we know. So the whole thing about, I don't want to start mentioning leaders who think they have all the answers, but we know who they are. Go ahead, Mary. Yeah, definitely, Ted. I would love to talk about the connection between leadership and innovation. So we know, we knew going into our segment today, you have a huge change going on. After 40 years, you were making a decision to move your headquarters to Trenton, New Jersey. Talk a little bit about why that innovation, why that change, because we all know change is very, very hard. So talk a little bit about why you're doing it and what that means to Taft Communications and your future. Yeah, thanks for uh, asking, because we're really excited about this move. And I'd say it's as much about creativity, it's as much about engagement as it is about innovation. We're operating in a post-COVID world, and we know leadership in all sorts of ways has been more complicated the last few years. We've learned a lot of lessons, and we've had a lot of challenges. One of those is how do you lead effectively when people have gotten used to working remotely, a lot of people prefer to work remotely, and even hybrid is not uh, straightforward. 
And what we found in the last couple of years is you'll lose creativity if you don't bring people together. You'll lose the ability to mentor your junior staff in particular, but mentoring goes in all directions at every level. And you also uh, lose team cohesion and a sense of purpose working together. So we hmm. knew our lease ran out. We could have just said, let's be fully remote, but we really think there's value in being together at least part of the time. And we are hybrid. And then we want to do that in a way that is creative, that feels like it's inspiring. We're going to move into a beautiful Roebling building, dates from 1908, part of that Roebling complex, the old carpentry shop there that built steel cable that went around the world to build the Brooklyn Bridge, to build the Golden Gate Bridge. And we're going to bring people there and give them more of a sense of purpose. Hey, real Ted, what's the sign say on that bridge in Trenton? Yeah, well, you I, you got ahead of me there, but absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, I know this answer, but I'll let Ted answer it. <laughs> kind of what gave uh, life to that notion of Trenton makes the world takes from the mid 1800s to the 1970s, Roebling was an industrial powerhouse. So you got this beautiful complex that had fallen somewhat into disrepair. There's been a lot of work to redevelop it. John Hatch and David Henderson, maybe the two of you have met them over the years, have done a great job redeveloping some of these buildings. Some of them are residential, some are commercial. We're following a company into this building, Princeton Hydro, that took a leap to bring uh, maybe 50 people there. We're bringing 20, 25, and we're all about purpose. And as a leader, I need to be able to look at my team and say, we don't just provide that service to clients, but we're gonna live that out in how we operate in the place where we work. So for us going to Trenton, going to a building like this, being part of economic redevelopment, for us is staying true to how we position ourselves to the public. Real quick uh, follow up on this. So Mary talks about innovation, you talk about change, the, the uh, move to Trenton, all of that. But for you, Ted, the biggest change slash evolution for you as a leader in the last several years is what? Wow, that's a big one. You know, I think one thing we've learned is we've got to be flexible. We've got to be adaptable. You can have one-year plans, two-year plans, five-year plans, and things can take such a sharp turn that you've got to be willing to say, you know, the, the McKinsey's of the world will talk to large corporations about being agile, and frankly, it gets overused, but there is something to that agility, uh, adaptability, and to not think you have all the answers, to talk to <laughs> your co-leaders to the company as a whole, because if you drag people along, it's not likely to work. If you get their input, their feedback, mm. at the end of the day, someone's got to make a decision. Someone's got to have sort of a North Star for the company, but it needs to be something that is very much collaborative. So I think the flexibility, the sense of working with your team to keep them engaged uh, are things that have really come to the fore in the last couple of years. Hey, Ted, um, to you and the team at Taft Communications, particularly to our longtime colleague and friend, Pete Taft, I want to thank you for uh, being longtime partners and friends of ours and joining us on Lessons in Leadership. Wish you and the team at Taft Communication all the best, particularly in this move to Trenton, our state's capital. Thanks, Ted. Yeah, well, we have a lot in common with you. We think you do tremendous work on your leadership communications with professionals and the young people coming up. So we're proud to have always supported that and look forward to seeing you around the state some more. I'm sorry, you were saying how great I was. I didn't hear it. Could you try it again? I'm joking. Mary. <laughs> Thanks, Ted. Great Appreciate time. it. Great That's Ted. Lessons in Leadership. That's Mary. We'll be right back after this. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com.
Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network. Construction companies work at the heart of our communities. So do the operating engineers of Local 825, who build our roads and bridges and ensure the safe transmission of energy that keeps us on the move. Local 825 works with contractors as partners in quality, safety, and training. Our achievements stand as monuments to collaboration that will last for generations. This message has been brought to you by the members of Operating Engineers Local 825. Better building begins here. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamut. Mary, uh, are we thanking promotional partners, sponsors? I would love to. I love, I love to spread the wealth. I never like a show to go, go by where we don't thank someone. And we thanked Amy. We thanked April, Scarlin, all of our great producers, directors, everybody. What about Frank on the audio end? What's wrong Frank, with you? Yes, Frank and Elvin, our director and our audio engineer. Thank you, Scarlin, our uh, studio engineer and everything that you are for Steve. So our promotional partners are CIA and J. And goes by the name Amy now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Our closed captioning person, is who is Amy, is going to be like, wow, Steve really went out of his way to thank me today. And yes, we do thank you, Amy. Uh, but we'd also like to thank our promotional partners, CIANJ and Commerce Magazine, Meadowlands Chamber and Meadowlands Media, and NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine. So just really yeah. thank you, because they also get our content out both in their print, online, and digital publications. Yeah, we're going to bring uh, Elvin in in a moment, whether he wants to be in or not. But here's the thing I was thinking about uh, when I was listening to uh, Ted talk mm -hmm. about the move of Taft Communications. I know you were thinking the same thing. Okay, they're moving the Trent in. He said, you know, we, we thought about going all remote, but people need to be together to collaborate and team cohesiveness. And I appreciate all that, Mary. And I know we've talked about it before. Yeah. We are fully remote. Mm -hmm. We gave up a lot of our office space, right? And here's my question to you. To what degree do you believe we are collaborative, cohesive, coordinated, connected, even though we're not in the same office. And I say we, it's not, there's Mary and Steve, and then there's a bunch of other people. Keep going, Mary. Yeah, I, and I have two answers, answers for this. And I had a different answer a month ago than I have now, and I'll tell you why. So I used to think that it was just because we had a small team, which is why we work so well. I mean, at any given time, there's nine of us that are full-time. We're in constant communication, whether it's text, email, Zoom meetings. So I would have said that because of our small size of a team, we're unique in that way that we don't need to physically see one another. We're constantly having these touch points. Everything's great. And then we're talking to these larger organizations that are saying, and I say larger, 25 to 300 people that are starting and to require thousands of people in some cases. And thousands, yeah. And I'm just saying our small, smaller sample size. And they're starting to require people to come in three days a week. And I used to think that it was because of the size of the organization, but my mind has really shifted recently because I've talked to some people in other organizations that are doing it right, either in an almost fully hybrid or one day a week scenario, two days a week scenario. Why? Because sometimes people are having their teams come in just to come in and they're still doing Zoom meetings, but they're doing the Zoom meetings from the physical office. So I, I do think that it's on a case-by-case -case basis. And really, it depends on uh, if you need to be there to physically do what you're doing. If not, you're just doing it to check off a box, in my opinion. 
And there's the other, here's another side to this. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's, it requires that we, in my mind, to talk about it again. If we're going to talk on lessons in leadership about leadership and wellness, the well-being of our team members, I've said a million times, Mary, how many times over the 23 years, but say for 20 years, the first 20 years, 19 to 20 years, was I calling you at some time when you were on the Garden State Parkway, stuck in traffic, mm -hmm. going from your home to our office in Montclair or back the other way, and it was wearing on you it was, and your well-being? It was. There was a new definition of road rage, and I still can feel my body wanting to go into forward reverse, forward reverse, forward reverse, and just start hitting people with my car. Not people, but hitting their car with my car, because you just get to that point. If I live 18, you know, Westfield to uh, Montclair is about 18, 19 miles, and it would take me an hour, hour and 10 minutes just sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. I love riding in cars. I can drive. I drive to Michigan where my son goes to school. If there's no traffic, it's 11 hours. It's great. I could be in a car for days, but it's the traffic. It's the rudeness of people. And you just don't feel like you're being productive when you're in that situation. So for me, it was a game changer. And frankly, I'm not sure that you that you and I would still be working together, not because of you, but because of that commute and because COVID forced us to realize that we can do things differently. Yeah, Mary is a much nicer person since she's not. <laughs> I've always been nice. I was not nice to the people on the parkway. No. Hey, um, Elvin Badger, our director, can you come in for a second? So, uh, Elvin, I, I don't know if you uh, watched Lessons in Leadership. We're taping on a Monday right before the 4th of July. Yesterday, I was watching a taping of Lessons in Leadership that we, I believe we did in April. And I was mentioning you. And you may not have seen it because you were at church. It was a Sunday morning. I watch right. every show, though, before it goes to air, so I probably did see it. You were at church, and I was golfing. So, uh, well, I'm just saying. So, listen. Church before golf. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Do you know, Mary, do you know, what was I saying about Elvin and how you said it was a direct quote because Elvin confronted me when I was real cranky and nasty because I wasn't feeling well, and he said to me, Smile, Steve. Mm -hmm. Yep. You said either you're going to fire him or something else. Do you remember that? Who me? Yeah. No, because I, I, with Elvin, I edited this probably a month ago. So do share. Okay. okay. <laughs> Elvin. Yes, sir. You in that moment, by confronting me, changed my, and it took me 30 years to realize this that everything, and it's not about me. It's about your leadership. That you said, hey. I know you're not feeling well today, you got a cold. Turn it around, smile. You're affecting and impacting and infecting everyone around you. Real quick, I got a minute left, go ahead. So I just feel like when you work with a team, you gotta be very positive. And if, as a leader, if you're upset, you're gonna make your whole team upset and then no one's gonna have a good day. So I try to lead by example, meaning that I try to be happy about around my crew. I try to be positive to them, give them good words to speak just so that they know that I appreciate them and so that we have a good a good production day or a good tape day wherever I'm working at. But I just feel like as a leader, you have to have a good example. You have to have a good attitude or your crew or whoever you're working with is not going to have a good day. And it affects Yeah, them. but you stepped up. I'm sorry for interrupting. You stepped up and challenged me. That's leadership. Well, sometimes you have to challenge your boss. And if your boss doesn't understand that you're trying to come from a, a place that's genuine, then that's not some place you should be working. Are you trying to tell me something? 
No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, he's saying that you've changed, and now look oh, at us. I mean, he was leaving us. <laughs> no, not no, no. Oh, if, if that no. happens, then we're all thrown in that towel, Steve. But in all honesty, you you cannot you cannot be afraid to challenge your boss. You cannot be afraid to tell your boss, listen, your attitude stinks right now. Let's try to get it together so that we're all happy. Some people are afraid, us. and then things don't things don't change, and the people that work for you are upset all the time. Somebody has to be, be willing to step up and say something. You did. I thank you. And I just wanted to share that because it was a really, and I know you're going to say, you got to say goodbye, Alvin. I know you're going to put it in the chat, <laughs> uh, but I'm praising you right now for your leadership and stepping up and caring enough to challenge who you're calling the boss. But often I feel like I work for the two of you. Lessons in leadership, Steve Adubato, Alvin Badger, our great team. Thank you. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Pregramatis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network.